0: Hello, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to Rooted in Time Genealogy with your hosts, Nicole and Melody. We are two sisters creating a podcast that brings together genealogy and history with a smattering of some generational
1: trauma. So our links are going to be available at rootedintime.net. Those are going to have your primary source documents, relevant newspaper articles, images if they're available, and also a list of our sources can be found there. Further, blogs two and three on the same website have even more detailed information. If any of these topics interest you, yeah,
0: I mean, please go go check them out. Check them out. I make sure I have a pretty good amount of evidence mm-hmm. supporting my claims. You'll know exactly where I come from today's take is going to be about this idea of coming down as a descendant of a Cherokee princess.
1: Yes. So like we were talking about in our introductory podcast, you know, we were told growing up that we were descendants from a Cherokee princess. And so we wanted to see why that even came about, how it came about and why that myth was there about a Cherokee princess in general. So we're going to be talking about that.
0: Early like 19 teens, you're already starting to see this idea of the formulation of peoples stratified in society. I mean, you've seen that obviously for generations past, but what you're seeing now is that a lot of people are more willing to say that they are of native american descent than they were a black descent and that was one reason why you're starting to see a lot more individuals claim in their heritage that no i have native american blood mm-hmm. and it's it's all around the time you know the nineteen teens through the 1940s you have eugenics you have this idea and notion of certain races being better than other races and this is you know one way where it did play out now do i think Everybody thought that way and felt that way as to why they would say they were part Native American. I don't think so. I think some of it's just so laced in the family story mm-hmm. that everyone just began
1: believing it. Well, and I don't know. I also feel like just to, it's kind of a neat thing to be like, hey, I'm a Cherokee princess. I have royalty, you know? So I do think that there's some kind of like putting yourself in there and making kind of feel important kind of played out too. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I do think that was kind of one of the driving points as well because it couldn't just be I have Native American blood or I have a descendant who is a Native American. It always had to be a royalty Cherokee. type thing. Yeah, Cherokee princess. So <laughs> I think that's a little bit funny whenever you go to think about it. But I do think that it was just one of those things that people were enamored with the idea of having royalty in their blood.
0: Yeah. And I mean, obviously, using princess, I can understand that. Uh-huh. We're coming from an area that is now having Western European influences. The idea of having a king, a queen, and a princess is in print, this royalty aspect being very romantic, romantic in nature. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you have that in there. And now you're also coming into a time where the Native Americans, a lot of individuals at this time, were starting to feel sorry for the native indigenous populations. That's not just completely new development in societies. Even back then, people wanted to say, oh, no, I- I'm supposed to be here because I have Native American blood. hmm. Yeah. And that's another thing I do want we're going to touch on is what did it mean to be Cherokee? Mm hmm. So you have a legal reason, you know, what actually identifies you as Cherokee. And we're going to look at the Dawes rules and see that they actually had people explain whether they're blood related or they're kin related and married in or why they're part of the Cherokee Nation. Some people would be accepted, some people wouldn't. There were claims to land that came around that time, too. So some people were making claims just to get land. But then you have this idea that I think we don't talk about enough with different societies. And that's the idea of nationalism. Okay, can you explain that? To feel like, for instance, that you are Cherokee Yes, there is a genetic component, an ethnic component, but there's also a nationalism. If you grew up in a society, even if you aren't blood kin related to that society, a lot of times you'll still feel a part of that society because that's what you know.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: There's people, United States is one of those areas where it's not like an ethnic base, but you can go outside the United States and see even these countries that have very stringent ethnic sort of undertones to their governments there's still going to be people in there that have either been adopted in or they just don't realize that they're not of that ethnicity but they Mm -hmm. will claim i am 100 percent such and such group because they have such a strong nationalism gotcha now as far as the cherokee princess mythos We do see that in the 19-teens. We did, um, I do have some articles posted for y'all to look up, but I really want to talk about Bula Edmondson. Good old Bula Edmondson. Yes. So she was born into a Cherokee family. She was raised Cherokee. She graduated Cherokee. Later on, she ends up moving to the East where she comes into contact With an individual by the name of Richard Croker, who, yes, was the infamous boss of Tammany Hall back in the day. But she ends up marrying him, and the way they describe it in
1: the article is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, if you're hearing um, thunder in the background, my apologies. It just started doing that. So Ooh, at least I you're think. getting I, some rain. I know we're getting some rain, which is very much needed. So yes, I'm going to be upset about it. <laughs> no, definitely not.
0: One of the things that they, oh, he's marrying a Native American princess. But then they go, she doesn't even look like an Indian. She just looks like anyone else was a quote from the article.
1: It's like, what does that mean? It's like she was actually, she was clever. She was accomplished. She sings, dances. I mean, they praise her, but it's almost as if they're saying she has all these things even though she is an Indian. Yeah.
0: Even though she's Cherokee, she you still can know. do these things, which, yeah. which is problematic. And you would think in a wedding announcement, you might lay away from some of those things. Another thing I found when I was looking through the documents about her, and now we're not related to her. I was just giving this kind of as a case study because um, this happened, the articles about her from like 1914 and 1916. So this idea notion of a Cherokee princess is already in existence by this period of time. And so her passport applications in 1918 and 1950 do showcase that she is Native American. But you will see that some of the censuses that happened, she actually does not put that she is uh, Indian or Native American. She puts that she is white. And this could just be a transcription thing. You know, that it could happen. The guy... Didn't ask, just assumed that sort of thing. It happens all the time, but it kind of made me wonder what her brain was going through during the time. Was she trying to be like just who she is, or was she feeling pressured to be this other notion of what she shouldn't be based upon mm-hmm. what the croakers said about her?
1: Yeah. I'm uh, sitting here looking over, I know we didn't even really get into, she was marrying, you know, the person who is also 40 years older than her. Yeah, that did happen. And so I just can't help to think, like, how did they meet and why? Like, just what happened here? (laughs) Why? Yeah. What's going on here? (laughs) Like... So, cuz even in today's standards, that's a, that's a pretty big age gap. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. It I,
0: I have no idea why. Another thing I did want to bring up, a lot of the mythos evolving around the Cherokee princess occurred in Virginia, West Virginia, which is where we're going to see it in our own family come about. But like Tennessee, Mm -hmm. Kentucky, all these, you know, areas, Georgia. But the interesting thing is most of the Cherokee by, I would say, even the 1860s were no longer in that area because they've made several treaties by that point. And most of it was, we'll give you this land and then nobody will encroach in this land. And then they ended up encroaching anyways. We know how that played out. The treaties did Mm -hmm. not work in favor long term with the Native American at all. What we are going to see, we're going to see my favorite president that I say completely in sarcasm, Andrew Jackson, come about with his Indian removal policy. And that was in the late 1820s, so like 1829, when he came about with that. Um, And then it's passed by Congress the next year. So we already had like Mm. different states had different treaties with different groups, the major one being in Georgia, because that's where a lot of the Cherokee were by this point in time, geographically speaking. And they were told, we're not going to kick them out. We're not going to kick them out. We're not going to kick you out. You gave us this land. We're, you know, recognizing the treaty and such and such. But unfortunately, by this point in time, they didn't really have a way to fight back because the numbers were against them. This is when you see the Trail of Mm -hmm. Tears take place. It's estimated that in the latter 1830s, the forcible removal of these Cherokees ended up killing off about a fourth of their population. Because you had an 800 mile march. How many of us could actually Mm -hmm. do an 800 mile march? I know I couldn't.
1: I I I cannot. There's no. I'd be a statistic. I would 100% be a statistic. Well, and even like, and also like, where they were walking to. It wasn't like a flat surface all the time. Yeah.
0: Rivers. (laughs) You you had streams. You had. I mean, they're not building this really nice road saying, "Hey, get in the wagon."
1: great portion of that you know think elders children, children all of those there's just yeah no way um, it was like
0: 15,000 people they believe they relocated and i would like to say the estimate mm-hmm. is that 4,000 or so people died and this is something that hits me historically is when the death estimate cannot really be pinpointed concisely because that means people did not care enough to write down that this person passed
1: away and yeah. that's just, it's sick yeah. that that's the case. It is. It's very sick. Because, I mean, every person matters. And, t- I mean, even today, whenever you get, like, John Doe's and things like that. Yeah, it's um, sad. It- it's sad because you're just, like, you want them to have a name, an identity, and to know that people cared about them. So, yeah, it's, it's tragic, to say the least. Yeah.
0: And then, on top of this, to make matters even worse, those who did stay, and even those that left, what do you see happening 20 years from then? You have the Civil War. Mm -hmm. They're ultimately going to be pitted on these sides that neither side was going to protect them, but every side's going to say they're going to protect them. Mm -hmm. It's just unreal. People and societies fully did this, and it's really not that long ago when this occurred and it's still it's still happening uh we won't get into my political blundering yes but (laughs) it's still out there it's still happening
1: yeah just it might look a little different than something like this but it's still there for sure now our family Yeah,
0: you know we are descended from a Cherokee princess. Our great great grandma was full blooded, and then great grandma Mm -hmm. was fifty percent because she married an Irish man. Which we'll get into that completely later Mm -hmm. about the Irish part of this, and you'll see why. But
1: at least that part's some of it. (laughs) Yeah, some of it. Yeah, like we definitely we're using
0: our mom's (laughs) side of the family, and if you look at specifically her dna estimated through ancestry.com which i know there are several layers of problems with this and i get it but this is mm-hmm. what we have to use right now at this time mm-hmm. she only had seven percent irish even less sure. native american yes, it was gosh. zero zero percent <laughs> so for zero. me i had no native american blood i will say my irish was 19 percent which clearly shows that my father's line more than likely had more Irish, even than my mother's line, who was very much national Irish, go Irish type family. And my mm-hmm. grandma's line was very much called or Scots Irish, which you do see. I have 40% Scottish. You do see that, but it's just interesting to, to note what we're told growing up and then taking the paper trail, and in, th- in this case, the genetic trail, and seeing what is popping back. Like, I didn't understand yeah. for the longest time why I wanted a Viking funeral. Now I know.
1: Oh, my gosh. You now know I know. Okay. You can't have a Viking uh, funeral. I believe I can. <laughs> so, I have 5% have
0: Norwegian Sorry. ethnicity, which, to be fair, was probably from the Vikings that went into Scotland. But I don't need to look
1: that closely. So... So I get to have my Viking funeral, which I just, I'm trying to, you know, you know, years and years from now, whenever, like if you pass before I do, and then they hand Mike your, your will and your desires of what kind of funeral to have what that person's going to say, what the lawyer is going to be like, yeah, she says she wants
0: I already told him just to go under the table with
1: everything. So (laughs) it's okay. I would like to be there for the the look of that lawyer though. Be like many looks that lawyers (laughs) have given me throughout the years. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, Not in a bad way, y'all.
0: I used to be a juvenile probation officer, so. I dealt with quite a few mm-hmm. lawyers in my day, and I I would get some look. Uh-huh. Do not start an email with clearly. Think- you get in trouble for that, clearly. especially when you add clearly, clearly per my last email.
1: Oh, but you so. Want oh, I, to I did say, say it. I want to say that so many times at my job, like clearly yeah. or per my old. Yeah, I think we anybody who has to work and there's a email. And what I love is whenever people neglect to read the whole email and so you ask them for a few things and they only give you like oh, no. a yes response. And you're like, that wasn't Lawyers even... Lawyers
0: like to talk in circles and that seems to be pretty consistent yes. and not give a clear answer, mm-hmm. but want you to get to there. No. And when you give a clear answer, they try to tell you that's not the right answer. And you're like, no, that's that's what I believe. That That is my answer. You can let the... <laughs> You can that let the judge answer. decide. We can both do our recommendations. Let the judge make the official calling. And it was really fun when I'd win, but that really wasn't the point of it, so, you know. It was Yeah, we're, we're going a little yeah. bit off topic
1: here, but That's us.
0: This is what we do.
1: <laughs> Insight. All right.
0: So, back to the Viking, funeral. I'm joking. Okay. Back to the Viking funeral. I, I'm with our family, I do kind of want to <laughs> give a short little break down and I'm gonna put a tree up and anytime there's a tree and somebody is still living, I will redact that person's name. Um but in this case nobody we're talking about is living. Correct. So the only name I had to go off of when I started this research years ago was Annabelle Thorne. That was the name yep. given to me. Good old Annabelle Anna. Thorne. And I knew that she had married Vasper Wright and they had the kids Percy, george washington right and leo i think it's so funny how you say Piercy please. i always say everyone makes fun of me it's like pierce instead of percy it's oh, percy, percy. i say i've always said <laughs> Percy. Piercy. i will never probably change or correct that Percy. just what i say yeah. really what i had to go on with the native american was this this woman who existed and married my great-grandfather who we did not have much contact with because of a lot of family trauma that dealt with that side of the family and we will get fully into that later but for now we're looking specifically at that native american portion so where did they live vasper and annie lived in rock mercer county west virginia for a good part of their lives they did hop around vasper didn't always have (laughs) money or a place to stay it was told to us that annie ended up in an insane asylum due to his antics we're still tracing that but i did also find that she was epileptic and sometimes that was a reason people were put into the asylum at the time so Mm. i think it could be Either or, there's no evidence either way, but that's just interesting side trivia. Annabelle never shows up on any record that I see. The closest record mm. I get to having Annabelle Thorne is it says Annie B U E Thorne. Huh. So, yeah, B-U-E. that's when that, okay. and that's when she lived with her mom and dad. So this wasn't okay. the first thing I found on her. The first census I was able to actually find with her was the one with her and
1: Vasper. Okay. So it was like nothing until basically she was married.
0: Well, cause I couldn't go Vaspur. back yet. Cause I didn't know what Thorn yeah. family she was from. So I was hoping to find like a marriage certificate mm-hmm. or something of that nature, you know, yeah. hmm. in the 1930 census, Is when I see her living with Vasper, her child. And what helped me break through to finding her family was her brother was living with them at this time. Clarence Thorne. It's a lot easier to kind of track males because they never changed their name. At least in the, you know, Western society Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, let me see if I can find an Annie who
1: lives in a Thorn household with Clarence. Clarence? I've never really heard no. of Clarence. I mean, I've heard so many things about, like, you know, Annie Thorn and Vasper and things like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I never really
0: knew about Clarence. Well, Clarence, Clarence what I found on, this was all on that census, was he actually worked as a coal miner. And we know that... Okay. Percy and Vasper yeah. were both coal miners. Um, and he was working as a coal miner at the age of sixteen, which is not uncommon
1: in that area, especially. No, and I and I did know that you know from their stories that was what they worked as was coal miners. I know it wasn't like a prestigious kind of job or anything like that. Our family was pretty poor, um, not very. Um, educated, and things like that, which also can make it harder whenever you're going to track stuff. Because um, I know me and you have had those conversations. If you're like in poverty,
0: you're not going to have an easy time mm-hmm. with life.
1: Yes, yes, and so, um,
0: yeah, yeah. No, it's that's I do know based upon um, some newspaper articles and clippings vasper does end up having to declare bankruptcy and this is kind of the least of his problems Mm. and he's living like from article not articles a case actually a supreme court case i find out that he was kind of lodging at different people's houses at one point too and his kids percy being one of them um actually percy Mm. and leo they end up in the mercer county poor farm So they're growing up there because they've been taken from the family because for non-support they were not able to support them. The other kid actually ends up getting adopted out, and he have really I have um yeah. So was he the youngest? I think yes, because he was adopted out when he was just a baby, pretty much.
1: Yeah, so it was very similar in today's standards too. Typically, the younger you are, the easier it is. yeah.
0: And he um his son, no, his grandson actually notified me cause we were a DNA match. And that's how I got to know more about what happened with him. So that yeah. it was interesting to see at least one person got out of it. Um, essentially because they all seem to have their heads on straight.
1: Yeah. I would be interested to know how like George's life played out. Yeah.
0: He, he had a good life Later. from what they said. So yeah.
1: Oh, yep. nice. Yep. Yeah. That's, Yes. That's good. It's rare, (laughs) but good news.
0: All right. Tracking the Cherokee. So now I have her name, her brother's name. I have this Thorn last name. I have kind of the location and area where they lived. And I have Vasper. The next thing I do is I actually look for the marriage certificate because a lot of marriage certificates will have the names of the parents. So I could only find the index record, and I'm still waiting on the actual physical record from them because they keep saying it's online, but the link is broken. So, you know, a lot of times dates of birth and ages change in the census for whatever reason. Her change, and it was def- it's definitely the same person, it made her either 13 or 17, depending upon the previous um, document that you looked at. As far as
1: her age when married, God, I hope it's seventeen because thirteen makes me feel I, nauseous.
0: It's disgusting. Actually. Um, but <clears throat> I yeah. always heard fifteen, so I'm thinking there could have been a typo yeah. somewhere. It was cut in the yeah. middle, but yeah,
1: yeah. I, I hope so because yeah, I wouldn't 13, be surprised, especially
0: with some of the things that uh, are tied to Vasper later on in life. Um, he wouldn't be opposed. Yeah to being with somebody that young.
1: so. But yeah, I'm just gonna hold out hope that it was more of the 17 year old. I'm just gonna go with that. Yeah. (laughs) Because it just makes me feel better. Not great, but at least a little bit better.
0: So now I'm starting to try to find the Thorn family because if her mom is supposedly 100% Native American, then there should be evidence, hopefully, in documents that tell us that she is Native American. I found in the 1910 federal census, the Thorne family, living in Mercer County, West Virginia, the head of the household was named David, his wife, C. Bessie. I'm going to call Bessie, C. Bessie, Bessie. Um, Her name changes Quite a bit, but Bessie tends to be the most consistent part of her name. I never heard this name growing up at all. Her name or Mm -hmm. her husband's name. But now I had some names to go with. I go get the marriage certificate because it's what I do. And uh, the name is Davis McBride Thorne. That's what the indexed marriage record says. And the spouse's name at this time says Mary Bessie Blankenship. This sometimes changes to Clara Bessie Blankenship, but it's the same dates of birth. I've ruled out um, other families in the area that could be tied to that name. Okay On the nat- or on the West Virginia indexes, and on the censuses that I then looked up, there was no evidence whatsoever that she had any Native American blood
1: or considered herself Native American at all. Okay. Yeah. It's whenever I hear you talk about like all the different names and pieces, it's just literally like trying to find like taking a, a piece of string and trying to find where to place the other one, the other end to make it to where it was a collective and cohesive thing. It's like playing detective and it's very neat to me to see how that's done whenever you hit these roadblocks and stuff to see how you can find wait till
0: thing. i get to how to use neighbors to find <laughs> people that's a f- yes a neighbor. <laughs> use neighbors census data and try to find people it looks like a web of craziness um oh yeah. my
1: gosh i didn't even think to like do that like you know hey neighbor like <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, 1900 this is all
0: going to be uh, pretty much about bessie because that's who our Native American person is supposedly going to be. So Mm -hmm. I find her in the 1900 census. She doesn't have any indication that she's Native American. Everyone is white. 1910, same. 1920, same. Hmm. None of these, the race thing is going to stay consistent. 1920, she does move to Narrows, Virginia. And it has a list of her children. And that's where we see Annie Bue B-U-E. Right alongside Clarence. They have children there. And then her husband passes away. She comes a widow, but she does get remarried to a fleeman. None of those names, none of the kids show any Indian heritage. None. Okay. On any of the documents.
1: Hmm.
0: So it's like, why did our... So I never talked to Annie because she dies in the 40s. Mm-hmm. I never talked to Vasper because he dies in the 70s. And mm-hmm. I never talked to Percy because he dies in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So that entire, those entire generations are, you know, have their secrets. But yeah, I could, I don't understand why we would have then been told about this Native American in our family. There is one other line from that side of the family that did attempt to sign the Dawes Rolls and get onto them and claim that they were native american and we'll talk about them not in this podcast in another one because it's a completely different grouping of people but Mm -hmm. from this group i don't see any evidence like no evidence to link Mm -hmm. a nationalism a genetic a marriage a blood really anything Hmm.
1: yeah it is interesting to see like how it came about because i know it was grandma helen that always talked about it Mm -hmm. um So she was married to Percy, not Piercy, but Percy. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, (laughs) but I don't know what the goal was really, I guess, to say that, like why it's such like a, and I think it has to go back to that whole nationalism that you were talking about to feeling like you were a part of it. And Which is crazy when there really weren't Cherokee,
0: major Cherokee groups living in Virginia or West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Not even just at that time, within like 50 years of the time when they lived there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I was wondering, because I know a lot of this was, you know, coming from Grandma Helen, who was married to Percy. So, do you think any of this, and I know her last name was Duncan, and that's where a lot of the Scot- uh, Scottish comes into play. Irish. But do you think, or Irish? Yeah, Irish. So, okay. <laughs> um, well, according to our DNA. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> no. Scottish. Well, but she kept saying Irish. Yeah, she, she always said Irish, and it was because she was the Duncans, the Moors, and the Ryans. And all three mm. of those names are very strong irish names so i cannot see where she came from i don't know why she laid this claim if it was from her and wasn't from someone else you know earlier because there's absolutely nothing to gain from such a claim at that time yeah I mean, earlier, there were some times where you could get some land and stuff, but she wasn't filing petitions for land. At the same time, with that side of the family being as... Give me a word I'm allowed to use.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Give you a word you're allowed to use? Yeah. Uh, Pineapple. Oh my god. So, that family being... So, not being in the right mind. Mentally unstable.
0: All right, so this side of the family has a lot of individuals who were mentally unstable, which we all know can coincide also with a higher chance of being uh, poverty-stricken, not completing your education. Mm-hmm. Grandma didn't come from a great family either. Yeah. So she already mm-hmm. had those limitations kind of thrown at her, like the world world things thrown at her, and she did not have the tools to be able to come out of it. Mm -hmm. so thus the generational trauma begets more generational trauma yeah but i can't for the life of me understand why we were told we were native american i do know she'd always show pictures of like the native americans and say look she looks just like your mother which she did yeah i mean Mm -hmm. that's not it's what my mom looked like but does it doesn't, yeah and
1: i mean it's not true mom our mom i will say she, she does have a darker complexion complexion if you compare it to like mine her and her you brothers know? yeah and she does have like a darker skin complexion she does have uh, like dark hair it was almost it was dark brown very dark brown. brown yeah yeah and so and the she has green eyes which <laughs> Funny enough, all three of us, yes. me, Nicole, and our other sister, Crystal, we all have. And so she does have like a darker complexion than if I were to compare it to me. She also used to always tan. So maybe that has something to yeah, do with
0: Yeah, she, she used to use the, the tanning oils and stuff that you're not really supposed yeah. to use. because You shouldn't do that. Skin cancer. Uh, skin
1: cancer is a real thing.
0: Yeah. People don't so. use oils to tan your skin. Don't go to tanning yeah. beds to tan your skin. Just let your skin be your skin thank you.
1: <laughs> skin.
0: One thing I do want to talk about that I'm have alluded to already, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about when it comes to the research I did to see if there were any records that could show the Native American nationalism or identity was there at any point in time. These are called the Dawes Rolls, and they're free. You can look at them online, What they did is in the late 1800s to 1914, there were considered five Indian tribes. The Cherokee, the Creek, the Choctaw, the Chickasaw, and the Seminole. What they put is they just kind of marked general information on a card. It was pretty much a census, just done in a different manner. You would then put in information and apply for tribal membership. I went to the Dawes Rolls, and I did look up Blankenship. I also looked up Privet, which was her mom's maiden name, because obviously Blankenship would cover her dad's side. And Privet would cover, mm-hmm. you know, her mom's side. I went ahead and used Privet and Blankenship. And what I did is I went through the Oklahoma Historical Society. Because, you know, now that's where the Cherokee Reservation is located. That's where they have their most autonomy. I used them to get their card numbers. And two Blankenships showed up. Neither of which were Cherokee. They were both Choctaw by blood. And neither... Neither Uh of them related remotely to us that I could find any evidence for. Okay. The three different characteristics that you could put on the role if you were um, to get into the roles. You could say you're there by blood. You could say it's by intermarriage. Okay. Freedmen was another category, but those were for the natives that were formerly enslaved by one of the five tribes. The descendants were then considered freedmen.
1: Would that tie into, I know, like the story of the waterfall? Yeah. I Would that tie into yeah. that whole storyline? Like he could claim it because he was part of that tribe after he was, or to, to the story, which I guess I should kind of give a little bit of background <laughs> on that story because I found it very sad. And this was all just a, it was just that. It was a story. But it's the idea and notion of Cherokee princess that once yeah. again comes up. The whole idea was that they had captured a, a guy, um, a white male, and he was wounded. The tribe captured him, brought him back. The Cherokee princess, in quotes, Had nursed him back to health. They fell in love. And then her father had passed and he took over as chief. But then whenever they had went at one point, he, um, he found his, you know, um, his friends and stuff from before he was part of the tribe and he went back to them. And then the, um, princess who was so upset and distraught, um, I believe it was she, Uh, jumped off of that waterfall um and stuff so that was the story but that just whenever you were describing just how people can become a part of that that was kind of like oh so that he could claim it because he was technically part of it but he wasn't actually like blood related yep
0: because intermarriage was a allowable thing for you to be considered part so i mean being part of the cherokee wasn't just one, You could be married and um, adopted, yeah. those sort of things. Uh, kinship for a particular tribe is something that goes beyond that of DNA, beyond that of genetics. It goes into a nationalism and into just this belonging. And when you have people who consider themselves part of a Native American tribe, but you have other people saying they're not, while the United States can create laws regarding who is and who isn't a Native American, whether it be through genetics or through DNA or through those kinship bonds, you kind of end up in a slippery slope because at what point do you say you are Native American versus you are not Native American? What percent does that look like? What marriage bond does that look like? What kinship does that look like? The Dawes' roles are not the end-all be-all. In fact, places right now are still petitioning for sovereignty. It's just because an area doesn't mm-hmm. have a recognized tribe doesn't mean there isn't a group that were petitioning for recognition. Okay.
1: So those five weren't the only Correct.
0: tribes. So I did just Virginia. I was looking at kind of when groups became recognized under the petition in Virginia since they went between West Virginia and Virginia. In um, Virginia. But there were two groups that were recognized as early as like the 1600s. Which you could argue wasn't necessarily recognition um, based on when the U.S. was adopted. But but several of them were not recognized until 1983 and later. Jeez. Some of them not being recognized until 2010. Oh. So these are official groups who feel a kinship to... These tribes, and we're looking at this in like the utopian sense that this is, they're not doing it for ulterior motives or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but they're not getting formally recognized by the state, and this is specifically Virginia, until 2010, and there are still groups right now that are out there petitioning for recognition that have not been recognized. Why do you think it's taking so long for the recognition? I'm assuming you have to jump through hoops. Now, I have not read the legislation. It'd probably be quite interesting. I'm assuming there's a lot that goes into it, because with government, generally, yeah. there is a lot that goes into it, especially if you're trying to create a sovereign nation. Yeah. Um, and not a sovereign nation like those people, randomly, that think they're their own nation and can do what they yeah, want. Yeah, like on Family Guy with so Peter. Yeah. So, I don't know that, but... <laughs> They're they're in court a lot where they have talk about jurisdiction, use words that make no sense. Those sovereign citizens. Yeah. No, this is actually <laughs> groups that should be entitled to that status. Okay. And if you're well, yeah. If you're somewhere and you're trying to get that status, I can understand it taking a while. But 2010. Yeah.
1: If they have the status there, what could they get from it? I guess is. What I'm thinking, because I could see, you know, if there's um, something that they can gain by having it on the roll needing to provide proof, you know, obviously would be paramount because. A lot of it is uh,
0: a lot of it's self-government, like okay. in certain areas, they're able to kind of run their government and have some autonomy. Okay, um, Obviously, you can't go and just do your own thing completely. There's still laws yeah. and all that, but they have autonomy. Now, one thing I found very interesting on this whole list, guess which group is not recognized as a federally recognized tribe in Virginia? Cherokee.
1: I don't know. Yep. Cherokee. Okay. The one where, you know. Every, where where a lot of people in that
0: area that we've had and we see in like
1: stories tend to, yeah, no, they're not recognized. It is interesting how Cherokees are probably the most well-known tribe in from my understanding from whenever I talk about like you ask somebody oh name a, Na- a Native American tribe it's typically Cherokee well yeah look at the primary one
0: look at the military when they name there's yeah. a lot of names that are Native American in essence why do you, you do hear about is? Apache helicopters and things like yeah that. you do but I think ever even prior to like the code talkers and even during the French and Indian War, the Western world saw a very strong militaristic capabilities of the groups that they were fighting. Honestly, think about it. The groups that they don't fight and they just push off. It's it yeah. it is what it is type thing. And then are yeah, the well known. <laughs> the groups that they that stay and try to fight and you know try to keep their land are the ones that now the US has used for different sorts of even uh sports teams and all those sorts mm-hmm. of things come about so i don't know it's just interesting
1: so you think it's because they pushed back a bit more that they become more well-known i think so in the hardiness yeah is kind of that idea
0: is ingrained there we don't play it anymore but when we were kids we would play um Indians and cowboys cowboys and indians cowboys and indians and just the idea that those are the two like these strong sorts of groups that are then equal in fighting each other Mm -hmm. i think that has to do a lot with it is this warrior notion this warrior idea that is reasons earned by these groups they're only earned because they had to be earned okay okay Between the Dawes rolls, the census records, the marriage records, I didn't really talk about it here, but there were death records and other records. No record that I found had anything about being any form of Native American. They were all white.
1: So, are you saying we're not Native American? Yeah, we're not. No,
0: it's just, Uh I don't know. That mythos being so strong and prevalent... And yeah. I don't know if it's just because we grew up with it, but I knew other people growing up with
1: mm-hmm. us that believe yeah. that. Yeah. And like, yeah, like I said, like, if you look it up, just do a Google search. There's tons of hits on the whole myth of a Cherokee princess. And so I do think that it was in a way whitewashed, you know, the whole mm-hmm. princess thing. Cause that's royalty with, you know, That's what we know as royalty. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what we address royalty as, but that's not how they address their royalty. It was chief. But yeah, what a bummer that we're not part of that history, really. Like, we're part of other types of history, yeah. not that one.
0: <laughs> no, it, it was an interesting road. It took many years to mm-hmm. really go down, but we're not on any of the roles, any of the other roles, either there's other ones outside. Dawes is just... I think the most prevalent
1: one that you see yeah we're not nope just we're we're yep. debunked it's been debunked it's cherokee have, native
0: american know. negative nope nope none we don't nope. nope. but what i can say is you come back next week you'll definitely be in for some generational trauma
1: Yep, we're going to do a deep dive, or start the deep dive, I should say. Into yep, and you're going to hear history. a bit more about Vasper and Annie. I'm excited to see, kind of, I guess excited, but a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to it's where bad. There will be
0: a few warnings at the beginning.
1: Um, so if you can't listen yep.
0: to it, we completely understand. But it, it's going to showcase kind of that first step out generational trauma starts getting a grip on people yep
1: Alrighty. righty yep and so until next time guys be human